We are um, uh, sitting here on Monday trying to uh, get better and get into shape. And Echelon is helping us do that and helping you keep your your New Year's resolution to lose weight. Yeah, over the last couple of years, I mean, have there ever has there ever been a, a better commercial for actually doing exercise? <laughs> like, no, there, you know, there there isn't. I mean, even I am um, interested in in getting into shape again, uh, or again for the first time in my life, uh, because uh, because it's just. I mean, is it, we have to be in shape. We yeah. just have to be in shape. You realize how many and of our it, problems are caused have been caused over the past couple of years by just letting all that go. Right. Echelon is the affordable way to get the workout equipment, the workout community, and the instructor's motivation right in the comfort of your own home. Uh, it's um, it's like the other, you know, Peloton, except it's better, it's cheaper. Uh, I don't know if you saw what Peloton is doing with their prices, but they're jacking them up. Uh, right now, limited time, get $650 off the uh, retail price. Just text Beck to 81818. If you're looking for ex- exclusive discounts on exercise equipment, 81818, text the word Beck. Welcome to Monday. It's the Glenn Beck program. Today we're going to talk about your your finances, inflation, what you can do about it, uh, the fight against tyranny and the great reset. Uh, and I want to start a little bit with what's happening to our humanity. We go there in 60 seconds. Our sponsor this half hour is the Tuttle Twins books. When it comes to bad ideas, suns, uh, uh, sunlight is the best disinfection. It is, it's uh, one thing to burn books. It's one thing to ban people. It's an entirely different thing to instead fight bad information with good information. Good information always wins. Logic always wins. In the end, we are in a time of great uh, a confusion uh, in, in the likes of which I have not seen in my lifetime. I think you'd have to go back to the 1930s and 40s to be able to find this kind of confusion. And it is being sown intentionally. Well, we have to sow the seeds of uh, not discord, but accord. We have to find the things that we know are true and teach them to our children. If you don't have the Tuttle Twins books yet, I so highly urge you to get them for your kids or your grandkids, your nieces, nephews, whoever is a, a, a child from a toddler all the way to a young adult. Please get this series of books. They will teach them the basic things that they need to know about truth. And it, it's, it not only comes from the founders, but it also comes from, uh, you know, the road to serfdom and the republic. I mean, these are books that all of us should have read, probably didn't. 
uh, and they've made them into books that even toddlers will understand and love. You're going to learn something. I've learned something from them as well. History, values, and our importance of freedom and liberty on the world stage. It's the TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Go there now, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You're going to get a 35% discount off the books, plus all of the activity workbooks at no additional cost. These are essential for every family. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. I want to show you um, how far we have fallen because it is important for us not to go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. And it is easy to do that. It is easy to get engaged in, um, in seeing people differently. In, the, in the, um, the book, The Great Reset, we talk about the, the dislodging of everything that you think you know and the way uh, that life is going to change in the world just because of technology. I'm going to do a show. Uh, I want to write a whole book on the on futurist stuff, but um, I, I want to do a show here in the next week. Please do. Would you do your best to force me to do it? Because I keep getting sidetracked on what our children need to know for the job uh, of the future. Right now, we're still thinking about sending our kids to college and everything else. Almost all of that stuff is going to be worthless very, very, very soon. AI can do so much. Any job that, that will have a future to it will be something where it is creative thinking. And I'm not so sure about that. Um, AI it can already write music. Um, but the most important thing that AI cannot replicate is empathy. It is cold and calculated. It cannot fake empathy. It doesn't understand empathy, and it may never. It's why AI in the sci-fi movies, are, it's always so scary, because it is cold logic. So any job that is going to uh, be there in the future will be something like a nurse or a doctor or a teacher you will have the the teachers will have everything judged, you know, and graded by AI. Everything will be done. But the one thing that you can't replace is that friendly face, that kindness, the one that can look into your eyes and see the pain inside. Same with nurses. You are going to have a doctor. I guarantee you in 10 years, you're going to want to know what AI says over your doctor. The doctor will not be as well-informed as AI. However, you don't want the, the AI to spit out and say, you have cancer, you have six months to live. You'll still need someone who is empathetic. Everything we do to enhance our empathy and, and teach our children to be empathetic will be a godsend to them in the very near future. I can't say that highly enough. I will tell you that there are times I say things on the air, and I just had this feeling. There are times that I say things on the air, and I know them to be true and important. Teach your children empathy. Now, the, the, the reason I bring this up right at the top of the show is we are really going into a frightening place, and it is part of the Great Reset. 
you have to isolate people. This is this is from um, this is from any anything that we read in Sololinsky all the way to the practices being used today in Washington and in the media and also with the Great Reset. And I want to show you where we are, where we are lacking, and it is coming in multiple places, but I want to stop first at COVID. Listen, here's the, uh, here's the LA Times on CNN. Listen. Paragraph that I highlighted from your column, it's this. Mockery is not necessarily the wrong reaction to those who publicly mocked anti-COVID measures and encouraged others to follow suit before they perished of the disease, the dangers of which they belittled. Expand on that. Sure. Yeah. You know, we have a sort of a cultural habit of not speaking ill of the dead, of treating uh, the deceased and uh, looking at the good they've done uh, during their lives. I'm not sure that in this case that's entirely appropriate because so many of them actually have promoted reckless, dangerous policies. And as I wrote there, they they took innocent people along with them. So is mockery the only response? Well, I, well, I don't know. But as I wrote, every one of these deaths is a teachable moment. Okay, that's CNN. Let me go over now to MSNBC and Joy Reid. Do you have this? Cut two or three, I think it is. Uh, okay, do we have the MSNBC guest that's uh, suggesting the triage list? For the unvaccinated. Okay, guys, I have them in in my sheet, um, so I don't know what happened to them. Um, all right, so let me just let me just run these down uh, for you. Joe Reed, uh, Joy Reed on MSNBC is having a discussion, and she's saying we need to triage. We need to look at who has had the um, uh, the vaccine, who's had all of their boosters, and. We don't judge them on how sick you are. We judge you on, have you done the things the government has told you to do? The next one is uh, the triage list and the idea that we don't give you benefits, that you don't get medical benefits unless you behave the way the government wants you to behave. This is against every bit of natural known freedom that we have always claimed to have here in America. Here in America, the idea of freedom, the, the American dream is, is not to have a car in the garage and a nice house and a picket fence. That's not the American dream. That's what the progressives made the American dream into in the 1930s and 40s. The American dream was to chart your own course to be left alone as much as possible, and yet you participate as a community, as a good functioning member of community, and you help others around you. That we do have a social contract, but it is not a social contract that binds. You can be a despicable person that says, I don't want anything to do with you, and you're not punished for that. This is the concept, the biggest universal concept that we have to decide whether or not we believe in. Were you sent to earth 
as a separate individual being that has your own faults, your own understandings, your own uh, strengths, your own weaknesses, your own sins, or are we, do we belong to one another? Now, I would say that just like every family, we belong to one another until one chooses not to belong to one another. We, you, you don't tell your children what to do once they become of age because they don't belong to you. They are their own person. And you've done your best to raise them right. But if they make mistakes, they make mistakes. And the more you try to hold on, the worse it will become and the worse your relationship will become. Well, that's exactly what we are starting to do now. We are now looking and saying we have to control other people. And yes, they're members of our family. Otherwise, we completely disown them and cut them off. No. When it comes to our own bodies, we all have our own choice. Now, here's the thing I really would like to ask reasonably of people. I've been on the receiving end of all kinds of horrible, horrible death threats and everything else. Let me ask you what part of what I did was completely unacceptable and you would wish death on me. Was it that I got COVID before there was a vaccine? Was it that because I had antibodies and had antibody tests and I had several doctors tell me, don't take the vaccine now because you already have them. We're not sure what the vaccine will do. We're not sure science is not settled on this with the vaccine and the antibodies. It could help. It may not. Let's just watch it closely. I didn't take the vaccine, but I kept checking my antibodies. I did everything I could to stay healthy. I take, you know, I take my vitamins. I take zinc. I do everything that I'm supposed to do except get the four boosters and the vaccine. Others went another direction. They got the boosters and the vaccine. And some of those people are perfectly healthy today. Many of them are not. Because as we now know, this particular vaccine is three viruses out of date. It may lessen it, just like my uh, having COVID lessens uh, having COVID a second time. It may lessen the effects, but it doesn't stop you from getting the uh, from getting Omicron. Omicron is something we all expected. This is a good development. It is becoming extraordinarily um, uh, passable, transmissible, but it is also lower in its death rate, 91%. In England, they, they stopped with many of the masking and, uh, and the, uh, uh, the rules and restrictions. They stopped those and they said it was going to be a horrid, uh, horror show but it didn't happen. And in fact, now they have, everybody has had uh, COVID and Omicron, and it looks like they're pulling out of it faster than Europe and everywhere else. What part of any of this makes you feel so superior that you feel that you should take away people's health care? By the way, I didn't take anybody's health care. I paid for it in cash. Um, take away people's health care or wish them ill. 
What part of the human of the human experience has died inside of you? What part of what part of politics has made this so you don't even listen to another person's opinion? You have become a doctor. You have become a scientist. What's worse is those two things are not true. You've just become a soldier. And a soldier in whose army? And what is the real intent? I know we all want to give people the benefit of the doubt, and I do. I give many people, if not most people, the benefit of the doubt that they want people to be alive. They don't want people to die. However, I have a hard time giving you the benefit of the doubt if this is the kind of rhetoric that you choose to use all the time. How can I give you the benefit of the doubt when you're wishing people dead and you're wishing to mock them after they die because they didn't agree with you? Now, let's also separate the difference between people who were anti-vax, because those people exist, and there are people who are anti-mandate, which is what I am. I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-mandate of the vax. I am for the individual making their own choice, and that is for you to go get the vax if you want it. I am all for that if that's what you want. I recommend it to anybody who is has multiple problems or is sick, old, they should get the vaccine. What makes you so superior? Now, I don't understand this because we're not at the beginning of this. We're at the end of this. And I want to read something to you from an op-ed over the weekend that I find extraordinarily disturbing. And if we start seeing each other as only enemies, as only people who are for the vaccine or against the vaccine, and none of even the gray areas, but that's how we define you, we are done as a society. 60 seconds, I'll be back. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 40% of Americans with credit card debt don't know their interest rate. Seems shocking, uh, but if that's you, please find out what your interest rate is. Credit cards, you're into the double digits. You know that, right? You're into the double digits on interest. There's no way, if they start raising interest rates, there's no way to pay those credit cards off. Please get a consolidation loan now from uh, from American Financing. They can do a mortgage refi. You could up, send up, uh, uh, end up saving hundreds of dollars a month, maybe as much as $1,000 a month. You can skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as two days. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go now to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. Now, I want you to know that I'm going to give you some poll numbers and then an an article. The poll numbers are only based on politics. So it is only separating people on what they believe based on who you voted for. So if you're a self-described Democrat, 78% support Joe Biden's private sector vaccine mandate. Okay. 59 
support forcing the unvaccinated into mandatory home confinement. 48 support jailing or fining those who question anything on the vaccines on social media. So half of people who voted for Joe Biden want to jail you if you question. This is something where we have to point out to our friends, I haven't moved. You have. I haven't moved on liberty. I haven't moved on the idea of the United States. I believe that we can disagree with one another and still live side by side in harmony. 48% want people who question on social media to go to jail. And 30% of Joe Biden's supporters support taking children away from unvaccinated parents. If you want to talk about the unbelievable, unmitigated gall and violation of every human right, those would be it. Those would be it. But this comes in small little doses, just like I, I really want to try to spend some time to you today, with you today saying, look, our problems are huge, but the answers are simple and small. They really are. It, it, it really, truly is. And I'll make that case for you uh, later. When you're looking at these uh, things, th- this starts small. This starts with arrogance. It starts with overconfidence. It starts with um, beating your chest and saying, only my way or the highway. There was a, a story in the Salt Lake Tribune, which if you live in Salt Lake City and you still subscribe to the Salt Lake Tribune, I, I honestly don't know why. They're talking now about how government officials should be imposing uh, vaccines. Um, They should be imposing uh, closing of schools. They should be uh, imposing uh, draconian vaccine uh, uh, rules here. They say uh, um, vaccine mandates for healthcare workers absolutely should have happened. Um, We might have headed off Omicron and herd immunity if we had the vaccines. A truly civilized uh, place, they would find a way to mandate the kind of max vaccination campaign we would have launched a year ago and deploy the National Guard to ensure people without proof of vaccination would not be allowed to go anywhere. This is not empathetic. This is not American. And it's not even timely. The Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you a little bit about MyPillow. You get a great night's sleep with uh, MyPillow. Uh, the Giza Dream Sheets uh, from MyPillow. I don't know what the kind of pact made with the devil, but um, the Giza Dream Sheets made from Giza cotton, which is the the best, softest, most durable cotton on the planet. And Mike made a deal with the people that make it. And so all of the Giza Dream Sheets are made with that cotton. And again, here's why I don't know how he made this deal. That kind of cotton has always been the most expensive cotton and the highest thread count, higher thread count, the softer the sheets. I don't know what the thread count is on this. I know the price on these Giza Dream Sheets, and you can't get anything close to the Giza Dream Sheets like you can at uh, at MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com. They have listener specials on the Dream Sheets and so much more. Uh, so much more. Just go to uh, MyPillow.com. That's MyPillow.com. 
Use the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. MyPillow.com. Promo code BECK. Join the movement, blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is the Great Reset. You'll save 15 bucks. Hello and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you can get my new book, The Great Reset. It's available at glennsnewbook.com. I got a lot of email on it uh, this weekend from people reading it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please spread the word. Uh, this is, I think, the litmus test for anybody who is going to go to Washington, D.C. Do you know what the Great Reset is? Do you know how dangerous it is? Uh, and what are you going to do to help uh, fight it? It is a story of real tyranny. And this is why we have so much chaos. And this is why I've said for 15 years, do not participate in anything that causes more chaos. Chaos, um, the solution to chaos is always tyranny. Too many chefs in the kitchen. Too many people, you know, trying to figure it out. Too many voices all at once. Too much plurality. Everybody's, everybody's got an opinion. We just, and you need time and you need rest and you just are exhausted and you're exhausted with the fear of what's going on and then too many cooks in the kitchen and it becomes collective fear and you start to think nobody really has an answer nobody has an answer this is something that plato talked about 2500 years ago it, at times of extreme chaos people will turn to the politician or the political party that promises to restore order that's what's happening right now and the chaos is going to get worse and right now they're ignoring the thing that really is chaotic in your life and that is your job your business and inflation how are you affording to do the things that you need to do i guarantee you they're ignoring it now but those same people who are ignoring it will be the ones that will come to you with a solution, and it will be a very bad solution. But that's not the way tyranny usually comes. Tyranny, you know, when we think of tyranny, you think of Darth Vader. Um, but that's not how tyranny comes. Usually tyranny is pretty boring. What we want is boring. That's why people elected Joe Biden. They wanted something predictable, calm, an escape from all of the noise. And so you do that and you give that person power. And sometimes you give them way too much power because just whatever it takes, whatever it takes to save us. We've always known in America, power tends to corrupt and absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely. But I think we have forgotten those things because there's a specific kind of power that leads to tyranny. It's the power that arises when the weak come together to ambush the strong. And ambush is the only tactic they have. It's a, a, an attempt to substitute violence for power. But what they don't realize is, is that Yes, tyranny involves one person or one party having all the power. But at the same time, tyranny stops the development of power. It stops the development of politics, which stops the development of human nature. 
Have you noticed that politics have really stopped and frozen in time? What you believe about Donald Trump will never change. What you believe about COVID and the vaccines will never change. Nobody is willing to change their positions because no one is looking at anything, including COVID, as anything other than political. The virus does not care who you voted for. The virus doesn't care if you're in China or you're in America. It doesn't care if it came from a lab or nature. It doesn't care. Tyranny, tyrants. The, 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 the biggest problem is not their cruelty, and it's incredible cruelty. cruelty. It's their efficiency and their callousness. They provide stability. They provide productivity. They provide security. And as things churn in their new world order, there's a quiet transfer of power that takes place. It's a, it's a theft. It's a heist. The power of the people is taken slowly, bit by bit, and put into the hands of a few at the state. And you don't notice it happening when it's happening. Because when we think of tyranny, again, we think of the jackbooted thugs. We don't imagine it happening bit by bit. But tyrants don't gain power on a platform that expresses contempt for freedom. Even Hitler didn't do that. And he didn't get it all at once. He took it piece by piece. And they appeal to your humanity. How did, how did you kill all of those Jews? How did you do it? Because those people are against what we believe in. Those people are uh, the people that um, have brought these problems upon us. And if we can just get them isolated, if we can just not work with them, then all of humanity is going to be okay. We're doing a service. That's how they got people to kill other people. It's only in the end do you see how horrific the idea is. Tyranny instead structures your life for you. Better than a democracy ever could because a democracy is chaos. It's complicated. It requires a lot of each individual to think and to contemplate. And the power is dispersed among everybody. So nobody has power over the other person. A tyrant is like a universal remote. I mean, I just we just need to shut everybody up. We just got to watch this show. But before long, you start to realize the cost. Everything repeats, and this is where we're at now. It's still growing, but have you noticed how everything repeats? Everything begins to be exactly the same. Everything has become about politics and not about principles. Not about right and wrong, not about standing up and speaking out. You're, you're not standing up with people who say we should take rights away from people who disagree with me medically. We should take their children away. 48% of Democrats who voted for Joe Biden say that you should take their freedom away if they disagree with you on social media. When the voices are snuffed out that disagree with you, what happens to diversity? 
everything will be exactly the same. And individuality is completely gone. But usually tyrants, it gets worse because individuality eventually becomes a crime. It's easier under tyranny to act than to think. They want you to think. How many times have you heard? Don't think. Don't listen to that. Don't read that. Anytime anyone has ever told me not to do something, I usually end up doing. And it's usually, I mean, in my early days, it was because that's just the kind of rebel that I was. But now it's because I know if you don't have a good reason for it, and even if you do, I'm smart enough to figure out and look at that and say, okay, I see why I shouldn't do that. But if you just blank me, tell, tell me, I can't do something, I can't read something, I can't think something, you are part of the tyranny. And the tyrant keeps speaking uh, and acting as one. There's no protests, no city councils, no school board meetings, no discussion of any kind in the end of this. People keep their opinions private because the tyrant speaks for them. It may seem like people are still participating in public life, but really, they're only spouting slogans of the tyrant's party. This is the way it happens every time, and it leads to isolation. And isolation is the gasoline that turns the flame into an eruption. A tyrant is isolated from the people. Have you noticed the polls? The poll numbers are saying that this administration and the Democratic Party are out of touch with the American people. They are not concentrating on the things the American people are interested in. Why? Because they are isolated. They have self-isolated. They have taken anyone who disagrees with them and removed them from their sphere of influence. Once you isolate yourself, you lose touch with humanity. The people become isolated. And we begin to assume that tyranny is normal and that our suspicions of it are taboo. Isolation through fear, suspicion. It's the fear of getting banned by social media. The fear of getting fired for some dumb joke we made you know, on social media maybe 10 years ago. We're, we want to leave social media, but we're afraid to get off it. And we're terrified of being kicked off it. This is why the tyrant discourages people from worrying about politics. Tyranny is the escape from politics. Sounds appealing, but it's not. Our political beliefs are more than just feelings or convictions. They are the body and the mind of our personal freedom. At its core... Tyranny is the expression of impotence, not weakness, impotence, voicelessness, powerlessness, inability to act. The solution to impotence is the loss of power. It's strength. It's strength, not power. You cannot overcome tyranny by overpowering it. Violence can destroy power, but it can never take its place. And tyranny will always collapse. Always and be replaced with something else. It's why Marxism will never work. You can take away a person's property and their family. You can take away their private life. You can make them powerless. You can make them impotent. Um, 
we think of ourselves still as a as an individual and we have to think of our nation as a family we have a shared investment and i don't care if your little sister was wrong or right or whatever when my little sister is being beat up i stand up for my little sister I stand up for my family members. I stand up for the bully. And if it is a member of my own family that is the bully, I do not stand up for that bully. I stand against that bully. Our nation needs to be a giant neighborhood again. Not a commune, not a castle. But a a space filled with private properties. Connected invisibly by community, by neighbors, by strangers, friends, by people that share citizenship and the same values, and not values like I go to your church, you go to my church. Values that we believe in the sanctity of man, the sanctity of the individual life, and believe that everything is not political. When social power becomes political power. Social power can make people think they have an obligation to the majority. When the beauty of democracy is it protects the voiceless and the abandoned. It protects the dissenters. It protects the rebels. That's why we have always been a nation of underdogs. That's why we have always liked the rebels. Because they are the voiceless. They are the downtrodden. The tyrants want you to believe that politics is a religious war. But politics isn't war. And politics isn't religion. There's no compromise on the battlefield. There's no compromise with the devil. But politics demands, depends on compromise, not obedience and not submission. There's one person, one thing more important than the majority. And if we can remember this, we will be okay. The one thing more important than the majority is that one lone voice that disagrees with the majority. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour, uh, who is, uh, what, Sarah? Who is it? Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a company that I started a few years ago, and they are, I mean, really, I'm very, very proud of the team that we have assembled. They work, they work day and night on weekends. I mean, I don't know how they do it, um, but they are keeping track of all of the best real estate agents in your area. Um, this is something that we have put real estate agents. They don't work for us. They just, we, we just monitor them and recommend them if we think that they are the best in that area, um, based on the criteria that we look for. Somebody with a great track record, somebody that really listens, somebody with, um, uh, real negotiating experience, somebody who knows the market, somebody with a big Rolodex that knows how to get your house fixed. You know, you need some curb appeal done. Do they have the resources? 
And we monitor them all the time. And the results are amazing. If you want to find the right real estate agent to buy or sell a house, whether it's across the street or across the country, it's realestateagentsitrust.com. We'll find the right one for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. No charge. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back uh, to the program. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Uh, it is Martin Luther King Day. We're going to have uh, some stuff on that here coming up in a little bit. Uh, as well as, maybe we should talk today about the, the beginning of the term for Glenn Youngkin, which is uh, started off pretty quickly. I think it's, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch over time. This is a purple state, really a red state, or excuse me, a blue state at this point. And the fact that you have a Republican governor in there that's going to do anything that's moderately positive is probably a win. But is Glenn Youngkin going to wind up being the type of guy you want to see continue, go to further office? Or is he going to be just a better replacement than a Democratic governor who wears blackface? That we don't know. But we will uh, find out here and we'll give you updates on that as well. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Don't forget to pick up Glenn's book, The Great Reset. It's available now in bookstores everywhere. And you can subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is The Great Reset. 15 bucks off your subscription right now. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, welcome uh, back. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Hillary. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, lots coming up uh, here in the next uh, half hour. We have um, uh, a little uh, tribute to Martin Luther King. I don't know. Is it a tribute? It's, it's really more of a tribute to his vision. I think there's something interesting to look at when it comes to Martin Luther King in that he's really just a conservative figure at this point. There, you know, we've talked to Alveda King many times about the fact that he, at least she, yeah, she talked about it many times that he was a Republican, but, uh, you know, he really is just a conservative figure at this point. There's only one side of the aisle advocating for judging people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. There's only one side now, um, at least as far as the extremes go. Uh, we'll get into that coming up here in just a second.
Hello, America, and welcome to Monday. There is a lot on our plate today, and it is uh, Martin Luther King Day. So we're going to talk a little bit about Martin Luther King. He has become uh, an unbelievable conservative hero now, uh, and the left has completely rejected him. Freedom of speech, freedom of mind. What did he really preach? Also, your economy. The, uh, the White House seems to be ignoring inflation, but you're feeling it. We'll talk about that and so much more, including the uh, standoff at the Jewish synagogue that ended just right around our house here recently over the weekend. Um, and what that really means and a look at Russia. So much more all coming up this hour. Stand by. So 10 minutes can really change your life for the better. Nobody knows this better than somebody who's given American financing a call. For 20 years, I've been talking about uh, American financing, actually probably about 15 years. 20 years they've been in business uh, right right before uh, nine, I'm sorry, yeah, right before um, 2008 and the crash. I'm like, I'm not going to talk about any mortgage lender. And they were on the phone with us and they're saying, yeah, will you talk about us? We're really great. We're different. We believe in the things that you say. And I'm like, yeah, right. Well, call me after the crash. And at the time, nobody thought there would be a crash, but they did. They knew what was happening at those banks was crazy. That's why they work for you, not the banks. Uh, After the crash, they were fine. And so were most of their customers because they would not put them in crazy loans. Right now, you have to do the right thing to shore up your finances at home. And that could mean a consolidation loan, getting rid of those high interest credit cards, uh, refocusing your mortgage or getting a new mortgage, but getting the right one. American Financing, they're here to help. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, org. We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Dr. Martin Luther King has been shot and wounded, possibly critically wounded, in Memphis, Tennessee this evening. Dr. Martin Luther King, the apostle of nonviolence in the civil rights movement, has been shot to death in Memphis, Tennessee. They shoot an all-points bulletin for a well-dressed young white man seen running from the sea. For centuries, man's freedom has been crushed. 
contained, or at best discouraged, and sometimes in subtle ways. In the days of Solomon, he decried that man could learn too much, that one shouldn't dig too deeply nor read too often, saying that too much reading led to the weariness of the flesh, that the search for knowledge is where Adam and Eve went wrong, thus proving that learning leads to man's downfall or his sin. St. Paul, centuries later, said basically the same thing. In 1500, Francis Bacon wrote to the king, trying to convince him that man could never learn too much, that knowledge could not somehow also contain the serpent. Yet free thought continued to be squashed. Immanuel Kant, the man who first described the Milky Way as a collection of suns in the fashion that we now know it, wrote in 1760, there are many things that I believe that I shall never say, but I shall never say the things that I do not believe. The courage to speak one's mind. In 1760, our most precious freedom, the freedom of thought, had not yet been born. Yet, just a few years later, on the other side of the globe, sat a man alone in a hotel room, his wife dying in bed hundreds of miles away from him. As he scratched words on paper, we find these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, with certain unalienable rights given to them by their Creator, among them life, liberty, and property. It was later changed to the pursuit of happiness to make sure the slave trade would finally come to an end. I'm not sure if we really understand the impact of those words. Man has never been as free to think as man is now. The Chinese dissidents didn't make a Statue of Liberty in Tiananmen Square out of happenstance. Americans changed the world. Our freedom of thought allowed men to discover electricity, the light bulb, the car, the phone, the motion picture, the radio, the television, the computer, to put a man on the moon. Which of these men will be first to orbit the Earth? I cannot tell you. And a spacecraft on Mars. It was in the American century that the theory of relativity was conceived, leading Einstein to say, the thing that strikes me about America is the joyous, positive attitude to life. The smile on the faces of the people is one of the greatest assets of the American. He's friendly, self-confident, optimistic, and without envy. The American lives more for his goals, for the future. Life for him is always becoming, never being. His emphasis is laid on the we and never the I. So today, as we are free to celebrate, relax, think, read, say anything, ask yourself this, are we still more about the goals for the future? Is life for us always about becoming and never being? And are we still part of the we and not the I? You know, when Jefferson first wrote those words, they were words of treason and certain execution. But today they are free to echo throughout the land as words of the American spirit and our hope. 
that we do hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And in support of this declaration, with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Our founders changed the world with those few words. And over 200 years later, a black preacher from the South, Dr. Martin Luther King, helped make sure that the promise of liberty was real for all Americans. Free at last. Free at last. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. Thank God Almighty. We are free at last. We are free at last. All right, we have a question for you. Let's see. Hmm. Do you know what the real secret to effective world-class skincare is? Well, is it the goodness of a creamy, one-of-a-kind base that absorbs easily into your skin to target those forehead wrinkles, laugh lines, crow's feet, under-the-eye uh, bags, puffiness, all that, even the sagging jawline? Believe it or not, you're going to find that from, you know, any old skin cream. When it comes to turning back the clock on those aging signs, GenuCell is the name you should trust every single time. GenuCell uh, was formulated by a pharmacist uh, to deliver scientifically researched ingredients to the areas that you want to make you look the, you know, maybe take some years off of the appearance. And with GenuCell's immediate effects, you can see results in 12 hours guaranteed. GenuCell promises results that will you'll really fall in love with each time you look in the mirror or you'll get all your money back. So honestly, there's no risk here. Now is the time to give GenuCell a try and see the same life-changing results that millions across the country are seeing Today, get GenuCell's most popular package for over 60% off right now at GenuCell.com. It's GenuCell.com. Check it out now. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. It's GenuCell.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Triple eight seven twenty seven beck is our phone number. As we look at Martin Luther King and Glenn had that look uh, at really the foundation of what Martin Luther King seemed to, came to stand for. You wonder where that legacy is today. We have seen an incredible change and a twist in this storyline. A storyline that I, I, I don't know that any of us could, predict, could have predicted a couple decades ago. There was a time where it seemed as if everybody agreed you don't judge a person based on the color of the, their skin. You judge them by the content of their character. That was such a fundamental and easy thing, I think, for so many Americans, because the, the opposite seemed insane. We all looked back, and yes, I went to public schools in the United States and was taught quite clearly that slavery was bad. I know you can watch MSNBC, and they will tell you, that our education system does not give that sort of information to its students, but it does. Everybody who learns about slavery in the United States learns about it in a very, very negative context, which, of course, it deserves. So, why has this changed recently? Why have we all of a sudden 
become a country that its elites seem to want to redirect that instinct that Americans have had for decades. The instinct to judge people whether their character is strong or not. As Glenn has said many times, there are a lot of good reasons to hate people. You shouldn't pick color of their skin. That's a stupid one. Come up with a good reason to dislike people. They're, a lot of them are just awful. Dislike them for those reasons. Good reasons. Not color of the skin. Color of the skin is an asinine way to, to separate people. Why not some other immutable characteristic? Why not color of eyes? Why not color of hair? Why not height? Why not a hundred other things? It makes no sense to separate people based on the color of their skin. And it was something that I really thought we all sort of agreed on. We all sort of agreed that some people, a very limited percentage of the population, disagreed with that and thought color of their skin was a good way to judge people. But we knew those people with the hoods marching in the streets. We knew those people are a really small percentage of people. And we've now come to a time where particularly the Democratic Party has decided to apply this terrible vision of the United States where these people are everywhere. Everybody's a hidden KKK member. The KKK is around every corner. This, of course, not only demeans what people who had to deal with the actual KKK have to deal with uh, back in the day, but it also totally gives a, a, a misleading picture of what the United States is today. This, this, this is not a, a racist country. Look around the world. And one of the most important questions to ask yourself when someone says the United States is racist is as compared to what? As compared to what? As compared to some utopia where everybody's perfect? Well, yeah, I guess... I suppose if you're comparing it to that, then yes, everybody uh, has lived in a racist place their entire lives in every corner of the globe. But we are at a part of our history now where just stupidity reigns. As compared to what? As compared to history? No. As compared to other nations in history? No. We are not a racist country. As compared to current other countries around the globe. Are we a racist country? No. That is simply not true. We could go through the 500 ways it isn't true. But I want to focus on the legacy of Martin Luther King and his message. What he determined, what he decided was what he wanted to push for as he was making these speeches all across the country that we remember today. And it was identifying people as individuals. Figuring out. He never said don't judge people. He never said let everybody do whatever they want. He never said make sure you think everybody's wonderful. He certainly never said make sure you judge every African American differently than you judge people with white skin. That was not at all the goal. The goal was to be able to judge people as individuals. And it's important to remember what racism is. Racism is collectivism. 
It's the thing that conservatives fight against all the time. The idea that you want to represent an individual as not a person, not a person with an individual mind, an individual soul, an individual life, an individual collections of cares and loves and irritations and all the things that go into forming a person's personality and character. It's not that. Is that they are a member of a group. They are a member of an identity. Think of the way people talk about identity now. Used to be bad, right? You wouldn't want to, you didn't identify as a member of a group. You identified as yourself, maybe a member of your family, maybe a member of your faith. Things that were formed around ideas and things you cared about, not the color of your skin. That was never the top thing. It was never the top thing what your sexual attraction was. That's not a way to to form a civilization. Certainly not a smart one. It's supposed to be about who you are. And the left is currently in a constant state of war against that vision. Against the vision of Martin Luther King. Against the idea that you should judge someone based on the content of their character. Against that vision. Against it. Who could be against that? It's a pretty simple rule. Never, ever, in your entire life, not even once, make any decision based on skin color. That should be, first of all, a laudable goal, and secondly, pretty easy to accomplish. Yet the left is on television, uh, on social media, constantly trying to convince you of the opposite. You should make decisions based on the color of skin. You should judge people by the color of their skin. You should treat people differently based on the color of their skin. Is that the country that we want? I was raised, and I believe you were as well, to want the opposite of that. We have a holiday based on Martin Luther King because he was trying to convince people that you should judge people as individuals. And man, if that's not foundational to this country, I don't know what is. We are not supposed to be, oh, uh, I know that person because they're a member of a certain group. That's not supposed to be how this goes. You're telling me if you happen to be white, you don't know a lot of irritating white people? I can name thousands of them for you. We go through an entire list. I mean, I live in a town of Cowboys fans. I can give you thousands, thousands of white people that irritate me. And you know what? There are plenty of people of all races that irritate me. Probably the same with you. But you never think of it that way because you're sane Only insane people or people who wear hoods and carry torches, those people might have a different view of this. But you look at the visions of even the the very few, very few white supremacists that exist in this country today, and you read their writings, and you look at their platforms, and what you see is a lot in common with the modern left. Not the right, the left. Ask Richard Spencer if he's for or against universal health care. Guess what he's going to say? 
Ask Richard Spencer if he's for or against abortion in this country. Guess what he's going to say? It's going to be the opposite of what MSNBC tells you he would say. I'll tell you that much. This is a country that's been torn apart by race at a point where we should completely have, have conquered it. And the left continues to try to pick at that scab for power. And it's something we should universally reject. And it's a great reminder today. Go back to that original message. Treat people as individuals. And that's that's the promised land. That's the that's the that's the way to turn your country into one that stands for human rights. The Glenn Back Program. Well, if there's one person in the world I would trust with the task of providing me the best night's sleep of my life, it's of course Mike Lindell. You know Mike. He invented my pillow. Uh, I have a my pillow. I have the sheets as well. They're great. They the pillow fluffs up. It's cool all night long. Uh, there's a comfy mattress topper they have. They've got the Giza Dream sheets, which are super comfortable and soft. And you know, look, Glenn is a big sheet snob. We first started traveling a while ago, and because he, you know, we'd stay at these hotels on on tours and stuff, and they're you know sometimes nice hotels, and they they got some nice sheets. I could tell. Glenn was a sheet snob early on, but he loves the MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets. If you go to MyPillow, you can get their amazing amazing Giza Dream Sheets um, as a buy one, get one, which is great. They're soft, breathable, and they stay cool. There's all sorts of other discounts available on the site as well. Just get on and take a look. MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials and check out the, the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Dream Sheets. You'll find deep discounts on other MyPillow products as well. Just enter the promo code back or call 800-966-3117 for the great radio specials. It's MyPillow.com, promo code Beck. And the new book from Glenn Beck is The Great Reset. It's available now wherever you get your books. Check it out. Welcome back to the program. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Stu Bergier in for uh, Glenn. He's uh, in the middle of his ongoing care for COVID-19. Uh, so uh, he's still recovering, as you uh, may know. Unfortunately for the left, he has not dropped dead yet. This is a big uh, hope over the weekend and over the past week that maybe, just maybe, Glenn would just drop dead and we could all celebrate on social media of another person having a health problem, and while I know we can all come together and hope for things like that of our political opponents, so far, still alive, we will update you with any change in that particular uh, information, but that's what we know right now. Uh, you know, we'll wish Glenn uh, the best, and hopefully he'll be, he should be back tomorrow. He just had appointments and stuff that could not be moved today. So uh, I'm going to bring you through the rest of the program, and it's interesting talking about uh, the Martin Luther King part of this that really, I don't know that I would have said this a few years ago, but really I think you can now kind of classify Martin Luther King as a conservative figure. He's certainly at odds with everything the left promotes when it comes to race at this point. Martin Luther King's idea was not, you know, I don't think at least that I don't remember the speech where he was like, you know what we need is 24 hour unattended drive through voting. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that ever being the pitch. The pitch was not, we need to send ballots to every home when they don't even ask for them. 
The idea was equality. The idea that African Americans should have equal access to the polls as everyone else. Something that I thought everyone in America was currently for. But apparently the left is, is shaking me off of that. All in strange sort of fan service for this bizarre woke ideology that has popped up over the past few years. And I know Glenn goes into great detail as to maybe why this is happening and how it's being used in his book, The Great Reset, that's out now. You can get it at glennsnewbook.com. But what's interesting about it is you hear this all the time. You watch MSNBC or CNN you look at social media, you read any of the major mainstream publications, and they treat these things as if they're obvious. As if, oh, quite clearly what we're seeing is an effort by the Republicans to depress the vote of African Americans. It's their only goal. Is there evidence to support this? Sometimes they will give you the, the this one thing um that is from the brennan center and it is a uh, the idea that over the past uh, year or so there have been more than 440 bills with provisions that restrict voting access that have been in, introduced in 49 states you can see it uh, be, you can see it said all, all the time by politicians in joe biden's big speech he said it oh there's over 400 uh, rules that have been uh, proposed and then I think he fell asleep for about 12 minutes. Then he woke up and he said, in states and country, squirrels. Uh, then there was about 14 minutes of silence. Um, but he, he was still awake, I think. His eyes were open and his mouth was still moving, but he wasn't saying anything. And then there was another eight minutes. He started dancing. And then he finished it up and said, this is bad. So it was an interesting speech, uh, all in all. But this idea that 440 bills with provisions that restrict voting access... Uh, in 49 states just in 2021 is a massive talking point for the left right now. This is their case to harass uh, Kirsten Cinema, Joe Manchin, all the Republicans to vote for their horrible bill that would federalize elections all across the country. This is a terrible idea. We should not do it for a multitude of reasons. But their support of this is, hey, wait a minute. Republicans are restricting rights for people to vote. They don't want minorities to vote they don't want democratic voters to vote and they are passing all these laws to restrict voting access and it's important to understand that first of all most of these bills didn't pass there are 440 of them but most of them were, were you know proposed and nothing happened with them secondly it's important to understand what it means when you say you're restricting voting access there was some tightening of voting access in some states Here's the important part of this, as compared to the 2020 pandemic election. If you compare it to 2018, what you'll find is the opposite. You'll see expansion, and we'll get into that in a second. But if you go back to 2020, we had a pandemic going on. Remember, these rules are being changed in spring and summer of 2020, when we're at the point of the pandemic where we have the least amount of knowledge we don't know everything about it yet. We're still learning about it. We don't know how bad it's going to get. We don't know if there's a huge breakout. Will anyone want to show up to the polls at all in November? 
So there's some sense to look at these things and say, how do we make it easier for someone who wants to vote? Now, that never justifies mailing a ballot to every single person uh, who is eligible or not in the United States. That has never been a thing that was supported by any idea of the pandemic. But maybe making it easier for someone to vote absentee uh, makes sense. Maybe uh, an outside drop off of an absentee ballot makes sense. Maybe there's a couple things that make sense, right? In that particular um, I, uh, climate. However, of course, as we always see, you never want to let a serious crisis go to waste. And so the Democrats decided to pass lots of different rules that just happened to benefit them in large ways and then basically blamed it on the pandemic. Now, the, they were always proposed, always proposed as a one-time pandemic measure to make it easy this one time. And as we know, this is what the left does. They propose these things as one-time craziness and look, we're in amazing times and we have to do something different. And then when that time ends, when the pandemic fades a little bit, when people have vaccines or natural immunity to, to help fight this off, when there are treatments available, when people now understand that basically it's almost impossible to pass uh, this virus outdoors. When you get through all of these things, the left just then says, actually, the only thing that isn't racism is all of these pandemic rules in effect in perpetuity. If you have any of them back off to 2018 levels or even uh, even more open access than 2018 you're a racist uh, you are a terrible person and you just want to stop minorities from voting i mean this is joe biden from his speech the other day is still calling it jim crow 2.0 and we have that clip for you do, here, do we have the clip from uh, joe biden jim crow 2.0 is about two insidious things voter suppression an election subversion <laughs> is it's it no longer about who gets to vote it's about making it harder to vote it's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all it's not hyperbole this is a fact <laughs> whenever joe Biden says it's not hyperbole it means it 100 percent is hyperbole there are no that is the that is a joe biden guarantee for you so here he is insulting the people who actually had to go through Jim Crow almost exclusively led by democratic policies by the way but these democratic policies they are now saying are coming back even though it is now easier to vote than it has ever been in anyone's life it's important to, to take that away it is easier to vote now than it has ever been for anybody it's much, much easier. And this is something that's hard for the American people to swallow. But I, I want to make sure that everybody in this audience understands it because I think you already do. But make sure you understand that it's totally safe to tell all your friends this as well. If you can't figure out how to vote in the United States in 2022, you are an idiot. That's it you're an idiot you should be able to figure this out 
And honestly, if you're dumb enough to not be able to figure out how to vote in the year 2022, perhaps you should consider not doing it. Because if you can't spend the time to figure out how to vote in 2022 in the most accessible elections in the history of America, maybe you don't care enough. Maybe you're not putting in enough time to be able uh, to justify your own vote. You know, MTV did, I think, insurmountable uh, damage back in the day when they did these rock the vote campaigns. And you know what? Rock the vote says basically, hey, you, you have the ability to vote. You should make sure you show up. Well, you know what? Is that true? Is that true? Isn't there more to it than that? Uh, I haven't thought about any of these issues for 12 months, but let me go rock the vote. There's no, there is no pride to be taken in showing up to vote. Vote after you learn something about what you're voting on. Learn, then vote. The order is important. You need to learn first, vote after. Don't just vote. Don't just rock a vote. Rocking a vote does nothing for anyone except winds up electing the people that dumb, uninformed voters want elected. Instead, take some time. You might come to a conclusion that disagrees with me. You might come to a very liberal uh, conclusion and say, you know what we need is socialized medicine. You might think that. But I don't know. Learn fact one about it before you vote. Don't take pride in showing up without knowledge and pressing a button. There's nothing to brag about. You don't deserve a sticker for that. You don't deserve a pin for that. Show up with some information. Show up after learning about what you're doing, and then you can press the button on the fancy machine. Learn, then vote. The order is important. I made up shirts that say just that. Learn, then vote. The order is important. StuDoesMerch.com And I did that because it seems to be a foreign concept to a lot of Americans. So I go back to this Brennan uh, study. More than 440 bills with provisions that restrict voting access have been introduced in 49 states in the 2021 legislative sessions. In the same report, separated by just a few words, it also says this. More than 1,000 bills with expansive provisions have been introduced in 49 states in the 2021 legislative sessions. More than double the amount to expand election access than retract it. And even the retractions that we're talking about, the restrictions, are not really restrictions. Certainly not based to any time in our history. But that's Jim Crow 2.0. To me, this strikes of desperation. The left is looking at this and feeling and getting overtly desperate to call a massive expansion of voting rights over let's just take it over a short period of time a decade massively expanded it's much easier to vote uh, by mail it's much easier to vote absentee it's much easier 
to get access to vote now than it was a few years ago. This is the easiest time it's ever been available. But they're calling that Jim Crow 2.0 because they are desperate. They are looking at what is going to happen to their party in 2022, and they are terrified. They are as terrified as Republicans are excited. Now, the Republican Party has come up with incredible, incredible, innovative ways to lose elections. So you can't put anything in the bank. But the bottom line is they are terrified as to what could come in November. And now they are trying to rally their base behind this false, ridiculous idea that we are in the middle of the Jim Crow era part two. A terrible, unneeded sequel that is not occurring. They want that to be true. They want their country to be a racist hellhole to win an election. They want to convince the American people that their country sucks so that they can get a little more power and spend a little more of your money and get a little more control over you. That is the modern left in a nutshell. Back in a second. All right, I want to tell you about LifeLock. If you are, you know, trying to find a job in this crazy economy, uh, that can be really frustrating. Now there are reports of at least 36,000 fake job lifting, uh, listings in the U.S. designed to harvest your information. Jeez, these scams get more and more annoying. They get your social security number, your license info, a whole lot more, and then they have that information to use against you instead of hiring you. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives, and LifeLock is there to help. Now, nobody can catch everything, but they catch more than you can, that's for sure, and uh, more than all of these other uh, services that claim to be able to help you. Uh, if and when you become a victim, the restoration specialist will help you clean up the mess and get everything set at the beginning, right again, and that may be the best thing of all about them to make sure everything can be repaired and everything can be stopped as early as possible. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can keep what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Join now. You can save 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK is the place to call. Or you can head to LifeLock.com and use the promo code BECK. If you watch the news, if you know what is going on, you see over and over and over again that these threats are real. They are helping to uh, hurt the American people. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Promo code is Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck, The Great Reset, and uh, Atomic Habits are back and forth at number one and number two on Amazon, which is interesting because there has been a war between good habits and Glenn Beck for a very long time. It continues on Amazon now. Glenn'sNewBook.com. Glenn'sNewBook.com. Dot com. Pick it up today. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, it is Stu in for Glenn Beck. He is uh, indisposed at the moment. He's back tomorrow. Uh, has uh, some appointments. He's still bouncing back from COVID. Man, everybody's got COVID. If you're not cool unless you have the Omicron, who are you? What have What have you done? Done nothing with your life if you don't get the Omicron. Only cool people get the Omicron. 45 seconds. Now, of course, I have not had it yet, so I don't know what I'm saying. But it is, it's incredible. I've really never seen anything like this. This is not, it does not feel at all like March 2020. It's totally different animal. 
all the things can be said there, but everybody I know is sick. I mean, like everybody is just out. I mean, we, we've had so many people out here. We don't have show. We don't have enough to staff shows. Now they're constantly rescheduling everything because we just don't have people right now. Um, so it is happening to every business around the country right now. And uh, we do see maybe the very peak of this. Uh, maybe we passed the peak of Omicron. We'll give you a little detail on that coming up. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. in for Glenn Beck. Today we're going to look at what's going on with Glenn Youngkin, his first days in office, creating a little bit of a splash. Left not exactly happy with what's going on. We'll give you an update on the Omicron wave and where we are in this cycle. Are we getting closer to the end of Omicron? And maybe does that mean the end of all this nonsense around the corner? And we'll be honest about what the left is trying to do right now. It's not positive, but we're going to tell you about it anyway. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Whether you're playing a team sport or, uh, you know, if it's an individual sport, you know you want to get the best out of your performance. And we see this all the time with athletes. We see this all the time. If you're looking for a financial advisor, you don't just pick the first one you find in a phone book. Uh, if you have a phone book, do phone books still exist? I think they still exist. Either way, you can find it online. That's for sure. It's like, you don't want to pick the first one you see online. We do this all the time with real estate agents, though. Why? Why do we do it? Why do we pick the friend of a friend of a friend of a friend? Why do we pick the person who has the picture uh, on a bench underneath a homeless person? There's no reason to pick a real estate agent that way. You should pick a real estate agent that you can trust. Someone who is at the top of their game, at the top of their industry. Well, there's a place you can go to find that person in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So we talked a little bit last hour about the legacy of Martin Luther King. Who is he today? Because I think at this point, the left seems to hate his guts. Look at what they say on a daily basis. Look at the things they criticize. They are outwardly siding with organizations who are describing being colorblind in a colorblind society as racism. They are outwardly trying to make decisions based on skin color in every arena of life. 
They want you to believe that if you judge people based on the content of their character, you are the bad person. Certainly, that's what we see, at least in the media. And I think this is an important distinction to make here. This is not everybody on the left. It's not every Democrat. Not everybody's like this. But that is what makes it so disturbing that the media continually presents that as the truth. Jesse Single put together a, a thread here, and I'm going to go over a couple things in it as he highlighted some polls we've talked about before. But he happens to be on the left, and he writes, The Democratic Party sucks, is addicted to losing, is full of whiny losers, and I'm annoyed that it's my only viable option as an American liberal who doesn't want to waste his vote. He says, The level of just sheer, profound, crippling disconnect from everyday Americans. I never would have had any idea about these figures, because if you consume liberal media, you are almost systematically misled about what the country values, wants, and prioritizes and he links to some some polls that you might be familiar with honestly you might be connected to what americans really believe on these topics but the left isn't if you're watching msnbc you have the exact opposite of a perception of the american people a morning consult poll found that only 41 percent think it is a bigger problem to American democracy, that it's too hard to vote rather than voting restrictions not being strict enough. In other words, the American people say, wait a minute, is it too hard to vote or too easy to vote? And only 41% are saying, yeah, it's too hard to vote. That's the bigger problem. Now, two, that's, that's among the black population now. These are the people that are supposedly so affected by these terrible voting laws. And it's a group of people that are around 90% Democratic, usually. Democratic Party voters. These voters are saying, wait a minute, what do you mean it's too hard to vote? That's ridiculous. It's not too hard to vote. Among Hispanics, it's only 34% that think the bigger problem is that it's too hard to vote rather than being too easy to vote for people who shouldn't be voting. Only 34%. Honestly, if you watched MSNBC, if you watched CNN every day, and that was where you got your information, what would you think that number was? 90%? 95%? 100%? Is there anyone that disagrees? You'd almost have no idea. Remember, every black person or Hispanic person who says they disagree are thrown from their race. They are disowned by their race by MSNBC. I don't know how that works. I don't know if they have control of such things, but they certainly seem to think they do. In a Monmouth poll, 84% of non-whites say they support requiring photo ID for voting. 84% of non-whites. Again, these are the people we are told are targeted by such policies. They, they, we don't well, we don't want them to vote. We are conservatives and we don't want any minorities to vote. Of course not. Sure, we say we love the Constitution, but do we really mean it? Of course not. It's just a way to justify our evil policies. Yet 84% of non-whites say they, they support photo ID. Can you imagine an MSNBC or CNN viewer hearing that statistic? They would assume it was a lie. 
They would assume it was misleading information. They would assume it was stuff that you should get thrown off of social media for uttering. Another thing it is, is absolutely true. And of course it's true. It's obviously true. When you think about it for just a moment, of course it's true. To believe otherwise is racist. To believe that African Americans cannot bring themselves to acquire a driver's license is about the most insulting thing in our political discourse. Think of how ridiculous it is to assume that based on ethnicity or color of skin, that an entire group of people is unfairly targeted by getting a, an ID in America is about the most racist thing you can possibly think. Yet the left makes it part of their platform. Their giant zilch of a president is in front of the American people, pounding his head, his hand on the desk, saying how much he so believes that this is Jim Crow 2.0. This is voter suppression in every way. This fake act they are putting on, who does it fool? It only fools the morons in their own party that are already going to vote for them. This is how desperate they are right now. They are trying to make sure they can lock in the AOC vote. If you can't lock in the AOC vote in the Democratic Party, you got a massive problem. And they do. The representatives are retiring in droves. They are seeing the polls. They are seeing the ID. Uh, they, they, they're these generic uh, party ID votes. And they're almost always favoring the Democrats. These, even when Republicans do relatively well. The Democrats still perform a little better in generic voter uh, party ID. Yet what you're seeing now is Republicans are winning those. Now, it's a long way to the election. A lot can happen. A lot will be tried. A lot will be changed. A lot will go on before now in, in November. But they are seeing the writing on the wall and they do not like what it spells. How about two, from 2019? This is a poll from MSNBC. And, excuse me, this is a Pew poll. I'm getting my polling outfits confused, but it's Pew, Pew Research Center. The question is, what percent of people say race, race or ethnicity should be a factor in college admissions decisions? Now, anytime you say, well, of course, we shouldn't judge people by the color of their skin. We should judge them by the content of their character. That means not giving extra preference to someone who is a minority student, we should just judge them based on their grades and what they've achieved. We shouldn't, for example, give advantages to any particular racial group, nor should we punish Asians who apparently could be the only people who go to college. If you happen to be Asian American, congratulations. All of your test scores are higher than all of us white people combined. Congratulations. You've done it. You've dominated all testing scores. You see this at Harvard. We've talked to people who are fighting these lawsuits where Ivy League institutions are discriminating against Asians. People who had orders to report to internment camps within the last hundred years. Their 
descendants are being uh, discriminated against because they're Asian, which gives them an advantage? I, I don't even understand the logic anymore. But it's happening in college after college after college. It's insanity. So should race or ethnicity be a factor in college admissions decisions? If you were an, a CNN viewer, if you were an MSNBC viewer, what would you believe? You'd say, well, of course, white people probably don't want that to happen because white people are bad people. Whiteness is bad, and therefore those people are making the bad decision, and they don't want race to be a factor in admissions. I, these sentences don't make sense. But the truth is, 7% of Americans believe race or ethnicity should be a major factor in college admissions. 7%. 7. Another 19% believe that it should be a minor factor. So it should have some relevance. Okay? Maybe that you could summarize that viewpoint as all things being equal, you have two students, maybe you give the uh, advantage to the minority group. 73% say it should be no factor. Now, that might be something that would surprise the MSNBC viewer, but it also, they might chalk that up to, well, there's a lot of white people here, and white people want to hold on to their power. And therefore, you know, that would explain it. Well, they've broken it down here. They've broken it down by race. Only 22% of white people believe it should be any factor whatsoever. 78% say Okay, maybe 78% uh, say it should not be a factor at all. Race in college admissions. Among black voters, however, only 38% of black voters believe it should be any issue at all when you're talking about college admissions. 62% of black voters say, no, we don't want race to be a factor in admissions. And honestly, you'd understand why, considering when it was a factor in admissions, it was a bad factor. Why would you want that system instituted again just by changing the colors? It's a bad system. The system was rotten at its core. Hispanic voters, only 11% believe it should be a major factor. 22% say race should be a, fa a factor at all in college admissions. And 65% say it should not be a factor. And in a bizarre twist, the group that is most favorable to racial um, consideration when it comes to college admissions are Asians, which they're being hurt by this, but still 58% of Asians oppose those ideas. And you might again think, okay, well, how does this happen? It's because generally speaking, the American people are sane, even though our fights on Twitter don't seem sane sometimes, and sometimes we get so many voices from the AOC wing of the party, we don't even understand who our political opponents are. But even among Democrats, Democrats, only 10% of Democratic voters say race should be a major issue when it comes to college admissions. Another 26% say it should be a minor factor, and still the overwhelming majority, 63%, say it should not be a factor at all. We can summarize that viewpoint as, you know, the sane one. Race should not be a factor in any decision that you make. 
This is what we're supposed to understand already. We've come through the point point where it was controversial, and then uh, some people, most people agreed with it, and some didn't. And then we like made a holiday for the guy who popularized the idea. One of them. This is not supposed to be a controversial viewpoint at this at this time in our history. Don't make decisions based on skin color. Yet that is what you're told by the media over and over again. Well, wouldn't it be great if some cyber criminal tried to hack into your network, steal your personal information, and then they were caught and sent to jail? Like, that's how this was supposed to happen. I don't know if we've defunded the identity theft police yet, but I don't think that's a good idea. If that were true, it would be a much safer place to be on the Internet. Of course, it's not true. It's not possible. The Internet is too big of a place. There's too many uh, people with personal uh, information that have been stolen, that are already posted on the web, that are scattered in too many places. But there is hope. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. And LifeLock is here to help. You can't catch everything, of course. But they can catch a lot more than you can on your own. And if you become a victim, their restoration specialists are there for you. They're going to help you clean up the mess, get everything set and straight again. And that may be the best thing of all. You want to be made whole after some something like this happens, and they can help you with that. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can keep what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's lifelock.com, code BECK, 10 seconds, station ID. All right. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on in Virginia coming up this hour. Uh, Glenn Youngkin went into office and decided he wanted to get rid of CRT. And this is something he was, of course, elected on this platform. He went in and did some uh, executive orders in day one. I think there's nine of them total. And the big focus of it was stopping CRT in schools, among a couple of other things. There's some anti-vaccine mandate and mask mandate type stuff as well. Maybe we'll get into the details of that here before the end of the show. But what's interesting here is, what is why was the CRT thing effective? Why are people recoiling from the idea of critical race theory? This is sort of gospel on the left. Why do the American people reject it? All of this is a function, not of branding, not of politics, not of the Republican media machine, but instead it's, it's a product of the American people being, generally speaking, a sane group of individuals who don't want to judge people by immutable characteristics that no one can control and that do not identify who you are as a person. Critical race theory popularizes the idea that not only is race incredibly important to determine who you are, but it also should be focused on at all times. It should be the main focus of the way we think about each other. Every student should be brought into school and taught that race is the most important thing. And how does that play out long term? If you tell every white student that the only source of their power is their white skin color, 
How does that play out long term? What do they think when they're 30, 40, and 50 if they're brought up under that ideology? If they really believe that their skin color equals power, how do you think that applies itself to society? Well, we should know. It's happened before. It's happened before all over the world. When people associate their political power and their very existence to the credit of their skin color, bad things happen over and over again. This is why you fight back about it. And it's why even in a, in a blue state like Virginia, the people said, uh, no, we don't want this. I don't want my kid going to school to learn that their skin color is the most important thing about them. Of course not. What year is this? The focus here should be the exact opposite. And that's why Glenn Youngkin wins. That's why the, the left-wing educational establishment is being pushed back on. That's why when you look at uh, all of these things being pushed so hardly by the left that the American people just say, you know what, I don't want this. I never wanted this. We were supposed to have beaten this by now. And regardless of all of these attempts to popularize these theories, I just don't think it's going to work. The American people don't want it, and they're going to continue to push back against it. That's why you see people, parents, normal parents, not even conservative parents only, but people from all over the country stepping up in front of these school boards and saying, hey, Jack, no, get out of my face with this nonsense. I'm going to teach my kids that character is what matters, not the color of their skin. We're old school that way. We're not going to be tearing down MLK statues. We want people to believe and listen to the things that he spoke about, not ignore them, not go the other way. And until the, the left wakes up to that fact, they're going to lose a lot of elections. The Glenn Beck Program. Which wouldn't be too disturbing to me, frankly. Uh, 9-11... We know what happened. A terrible, terrible day. 2,977 people were killed in terrorist attacks on American soil. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting Americans, America's heroes and families ever since. This is a great organization. A great organization. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and have young children that are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring their family to stability. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling our most severely injured heroes and uh, to live, you know, the independent lives they want to live. And now, through Operation Home Base, Tunnel to Towers is gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans. In a world too often filled with darkness, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is bringing a little bit of light, and it's something that is just... I mean, we've been talking about this organization for a long time. They are fantastic. Our nation's heroes, people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, need your help. Help these heroes and their families join Tunnels to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number T, T, the number two, then T.org, T2T.org. Back in a second. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Stu in for Glenn, who is out today. He should be back tomorrow. As you may know, 
He had the vid. He had the Rona. He had the Cron. The Omicron is in the house. All over the house. The house is caked in Omicron. Everybody in the house has it. Everybody all across the country has it right now, apparently. Like, no businesses are open. Everyone's just home with the Omicron. At this point, you have to admit, it would be a really good scam to just say you have it and go on vacation. Can we be honest with This is what should happen. The American people need to come together. We're innovative people. We realize these things. If you haven't had the Cron yet, you say you got the Cron and don't post those pictures of your island getaway. That's what you should be doing right now. Now That's maybe not the best lesson for children, but that's clearly where Glenn is. You think he's actually, you think he's homesick? Come on. Let's be honest about it. He's either on some ski, ski slope or some island, and he's just told everyone here he has the cron. And then behind him is a green screen that looks like his house. That's what's going on. At least that's what I believe. It is at that point where it is incredible. We... Uh, the cancellations that have happened, the appointments that have been moved, the businesses that can't, you know, staff their actual businesses. It's really incredible. It's really incredible what has happened. Now, looking at what's going on nationwide, we've seen this for now a few days in certain states. The northeastern states that got hit with the Omicron stuff early seem to now be trending downward quickly, which is really good. You know, New York may be uh, leading the way on that. They got it pretty early and now are getting out of it pretty early. But there's a bunch of other states, uh, particularly in the Northeast. Rhode Island looks like it's finally hit that peak. Connecticut as well. Washington, D.C. Illinois is now kind of hitting that peak. Pennsylvania as well. And you know, really states all across the country now look like we're hitting that peak. And this is about the time they, they thought it would happen. That is uh, obviously a positive thing. And if you look at the nationwide chart now, you're seeing, I think it was Mike Chase who said it, it looks like a classic brontosaurus pattern. You see a very long neck, a, a line straight up, and at the very top, you see that little turnaround. It's a little tiny head at the top of the brontosaurus neck. And maybe, just maybe, that's the downturn of Omicron. Now, Omicron has not been as deadly as previous waves. We've talked about that quite a bit. Still is, uh, you know, not not a fun thing to deal with. And the economy has been hit very hard with this. Obviously, people's health has been hit hard with this as well. Because even if you don't die, a lot of people are just getting sick. And it's miserable. Now, even if it winds up being eventually kind of this endemic flu situation that we kind of hope it does become because it's a lot worse than what we've had to deal with over the past couple of years it still sort of sucks so you've got that going on the whole world just seems upside down this weekend in colleyville texas there was a terrorism attack or at least an attempted hostage situation at a uh, a temple in colleyville texas now if you don't know colleyville texas one thing you may remember it uh, by is early on in the pandemic when all the mask mandates were happening all over the place, they were like the first town to say, yeah, we're opening up. They were the first town I remember opening up their restaurants. I, I believe it was late April 2020. They opened up their restaurants. They were like, look, we're, we're not going to we're not going to play this game. They were also they also said, we're not going to enforce any mask mandates. I don't want to. We talked to the mayor at one point and he's like, look. I'm not going to assign resources to that. We've got other things to do. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, you don't. It's not up to us to harass you about your personal health decisions. Uh, So this is a town, it's nearby where we broadcast from. 
and it's a great little town and they had a terribly scary thing happen where someone came in and took a bunch of people hostage at a temple and started we believe ranting about a, a convicted terrorist who is held in the dallas area apparently wanting them freed or wanted to talk to her it's it's somewhat up in the air at this point the good news is of course that everyone made it out of there with the exception of the guy holding them hostage he did not well he made it out of there but he just didn't make he didn't walk out i assume they've removed him from the premises but he didn't walk out of the building and that's a sort of a crazy thing i mean this is right near where we broadcast from right near where many of us live here i have friends who were close enough to be able to look out their window and see the see the flashing lights hear the gunshots hear the flashbangs as it was going on this is a quiet you know great little town where you do not expect something like this to happen and thankfully it did not end as the worst way uh, possible if they only would have defunded the police though imagine how well it would have gone so you have that uh, situation going on then we had to deal with the football weekend which i don't know it, it depends on if you care about football you might not but I had the up and ups and downs of being a Philadelphia Eagles fan and just watching them get absolutely obliterated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as honestly I expected. It would have been nice for them to show up at some level, though. It would have been nice for them to at least try or at least look like they were trying. Maybe they were trying. It didn't look like they were trying. But they get totally blown out. And then I have to deal with the Cowboys, who if they win, if I have to come into this office... After an Eagles loss and a Cowboys win, that would have been, I would have faked the cron. I would have been on an island saying I had COVID-19. That's what I would have done. Luckily, though, I had the Cowboys to depend on to completely choke and blow the game in the final seconds. That, at least I had that to fall back on. And now I can save my Omicron, you know, fake, diagnosis for another time for another wonderful vacation (laughs) this is a strange world we're living in and we are now looking forward to an election an election season where everything is going to get crazier and crazier where the desperation from the left has got to scare you one of the things we uh, glenn talks about in his new book the great reset is how this plan has been around for a while, right? This idea to essentially, in some ways, admit failure. You know, it's interesting because this is something that's going on all around the world, but as it applies to the United States, the Great Reset is a sort of remix of a bunch of old ideas. And one of the important things about it is the American people have never embraced socialism like other parts of the world have. This is a country that was built foundationally on individualism. And yes, we come together in in many aspects of public life, but the general concept here is that we are all individuals that can make our own choices. And as long as we're not affecting other people, we kind of go on with our lives. Commerce connects us. You know, uh, civics connects us. Culture at some level connects us, but it's a pretty basic level. And people can make lots of different choices. I mean, they can even be cowboy fans. All sorts of terrible, terrible choices people can make, and we respect those choices. But that has now uh, 
come to the point where the the far left, the socialist uh, left, the AOC left, has realized that like this is not a winning nationwide uh, idea at this time. We can't tell people it's socialism. If we do, they're going to reject it. So we have to go about it in different ways. Now, of course, in AOC's district, she can say she's a socialist and win. Apparently, Vermont will elect Bernie Sanders over and over again. And we know that there are certain pockets of the country that are friendlier to these ideas than others. But as a nationwide idea, it really, you can't get control of the country with this sort of philosophy, at least yet. You have to do it very, very slowly. Well, how can you accelerate that? You can try to accelerate it by running AOC type candidates, but that's not going to work. The way they're trying to accelerate it now is through the Great Reset. Where instead of pressuring voters to vote socialist policies in, you go around the policies and you use the market that has served us so well by pressuring companies at higher levels, international companies that have to deal with this stuff overseas and have them implement it all over this country. So it's not a choice. It's no longer the Americans saying, okay, you give, you're giving me two ideas. I clearly select idea number one over idea number two. This is, there is no idea number two. This is just the reality of the world. And Glenn spends a good amount of time trying to figure out how to solve this problem. And he's got the solutions in the book. But it's not going to be easy. And it's, it really does require all of us to wake up. And change the way that we do things. And not only that, but wake others up. The book has been either number one or number two on Amazon for you know the whole week. It's been going back and forth with Atomic Habits, which there is a long-standing war between Glenn Beck and good personal habits. And right now, Glenn Beck has been winning. <laughs> uh, right. The books keep going back and forth, but Glenn has defeated his personal habits. That's that's for sure. But like those, the reason why that book is connecting, if you think of those two books in particular, you know, the, there's a reason why Atomic Habits is the number one or number two book in the country. It's January. It's a really good book, by the way, if you haven't read it and you're looking to change maybe the way you live uh, and manage uh, maybe you think your life has gotten a little bit out of control through COVID. I, I would highly recommend Atomic Habits. It's really, really good. But it's January and it's a book about habits and everyone's trying to have their New Year's resolutions and change the way they live. And it makes perfect sense that a really good book about habits would be number one or number two. Why would a Glenn Beck book be there? It's not because of his appearance. I'll tell you that much. It's because the Great Reset is something that people kind of understand kind of feel is going on, but don't yet understand it. A lot of people want to know more about it, want to know where this research is, what's real and what isn't. You, I will tell you, you can get a lot of free things on the internet. There's a lot of stuff out there. Jeffy tells you, me about a lot of it all the time, and man, it's, it's terrifying. He runs a lot of these sites that, 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 that supply it. But you start searching for the Great Reset on the internet, you're going to get a mix. You're going to get some stuff that's real and a lot of stuff that isn't. A lot of, there is a great reset conspiracy theory. That's not what this book is about. The book is about sorting out what is real and what isn't, taking their words and understanding what they mean in context. That's really important. Because 
This is a movement that's gone around the country really quickly and has been accelerated by COVID. COVID and the climate and several other things have been used as excuses to implement these policies and these controls over you, over the things that you buy, over the the job that you have, over the laws that govern. And you need to know this information and you need to be square on it. Not only, you know, so you can further your own understanding of it. I know I've furthered mine by reading it. But also to help others understand that it's not just conspiracy and to make sure you're not telling them things that aren't true. You have to know what is really true here because if you start looking on the internet, you'll find all sorts of fake stuff and that will only weaken the defenses against a great reset. The book is called The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. It is available wherever books are sold. You can get it at glensnewbook.com. Well, what you teach your children about this country really does matter. What they learn in school about it matters as well. We've been talking about that quite a bit over the past year. The American experiment has proven over and over again to be one of the most important things in the history of the world. That is not overstating it. We are never more than a generation away from losing it all. The Tuttle Twins books set out to teach your kids the truth about America, her history, her principles, her free market economy, which has been the rising tide lifting all boats around the world. These books are fun and entertaining. I love them. My kids love them as well. I have a, 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 a almost nine now and 10 year old and they love these books. Uh, our, you know, our staff has a bunch of people who have kids as well. They love them as well. It's really important that you educate your kids and give them something that's entertaining. It's not going to be a bore fest. Good stories wrapped around fundamental conservative principles and constitutional principles. Tuttle Twins are having a great sale. It's 35% off right now. Uh, they have their books, plus they're giving away the activity workbooks at no additional cost. This is a great present for if you have kids or grandkids. Uh, it's a big discount off the normal price. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com to get the discount. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com, T-U-T-T-L-E, TwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids sane in a crazy socialist world. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Parents should have a say in what is taught in schools. They should have a say in what's being taught in schools because in Virginia, parents have a fundamental right to make decisions with regard to their child's upbringing, education, and care. To parents, I say we respect you and we will empower you in the education of your children. Yeah, those rights actually go outside the borders of Virginia, too. <laughs> you know, the parents don't have a say in how they're educated. They get the say in how they're educated. Now, if they're going to go to public schools, obviously, some parents will disagree. And they but they all still have a say. That's really, really important. It's why Glenn Youngkin is now the governor of Virginia. He signed in a bunch of executive orders on day one. Delivered The first one delivers on his day one promise to restore excellence in education by ending the use of divisive concepts, including critical race theory and public education. Uh, he also had a, uh, a, an executive order about empowering, power, uh, empowering parents to decide whether their children wear face masks in school. So, you know, parents can choose. 
Um, there is an investigation against the uh, the Loudoun County School Board regarding uh, the sexual assaults and what went on there. Uh, there's another one talking about Virginia being open for business. Uh, against another one against human tra- uh, trafficking and anti-Semitism. And they're going to withdraw Virginia from their regional greenhouse gas initiative. All on day one. So it was a rocking day one for Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. The story's up on theblaze.com. You can check it out there and get all the details. This has been something that is, is uh, we're seeing real movement on this around the country where people are pushing back against this standing up doing something about their own situations and we're here for it i mean i am here for it i love watching it i love parents who are stepping up and doing something about their local communities we're gonna keep covering that glenn is back tomorrow it is the glenn beck program this is the glenn beck program